1: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast on Nottinghamshire Live, where we are here to talk about Forest nil, Fulham 1, disappointingly so, and I'm joined by broadcaster uh chris ellis who forest fans will know from radio nottingham and panthers fans will know from a variety of mediums around ice hockey so he's a familiar face to us all and a friend to me so welcome chris hello thanks for having me on no problem we've been trying for long enough <laughs> yeah it's just felt like it doesn't it yeah intends you near misses but you're yeah. here now yeah you, um what did you make of it last night disappointing
2: It was frustrating, wasn't it? Um, Especially, you know, after they played so well against Derby. I mean, that's the frustrating thing, isn't it? That they played so well against Derby on on Saturday, couldn't see the game out. Uh, You know, you're bound to have bad games like like last night. It's going to happen. You're not going to be perfect all season, are you? Um, But you you just felt there was a difference in class. And I I bumped into someone this morning and, and they said, you could see the difference in class. And I pointed out, well, Forrest went to Fulham at the start of the season, didn't they, in, in August and and won the game. And by all accounts, that was a great performance. But f- for once, Forrest seemed to have very little ideas. You didn't think they were going to concede many. And, you know, they, they con- I'm not going to say it was a fluky goal, it was a good goal, wasn't it? But he did for fortunate to to, to to give them the lead at the time, Fulham. Um, but it, it, was the, it was the lack of creativity that was a little bit of a surprise. They, they're never a team that are going to get 15, 20 chances a game. Um, but yeah, it was, the, it was the fact that they rarely looked like scoring. And, and, you know, we've been able to watch every game since since lockdown, uh, you know, since the restart because of the various platforms that the games are being shown on. And, and and yeah, it was just the fact that they they really struggled that was a frustrating
1: thing. Do you think they were that bad in the first half? Because I didn't think they were too bad. I think it was a rare occasion when as a Forest defence, they couldn't do too much of the goal. It was just that kind of there was no second gear in the second half that was what i find disappointing really is that fair yeah i think so i mean they weren't terrible um no. they, they just lacked
2: creativity um that the players that you expected you know to to be able to create didn't. And Graben looked a bit isolated. That can happen from time to time, I think, with the way that Forest play. Um, but yeah, as you say, the first half was okay, um, but but nothing to shout home about. But, uh, you know, I thought they were going to go in the break at nil-nil. Uh, and then I felt they got every chance to still go on and win the game, even though they hadn't been fantastic. But the second half definitely was worse. Um, they, they battled hard to get back in the game. But as I say, you, you didn't, you know, you can't picture many chances. There was the... Cash cross, I think that that flew through the box. Uh, one or two other chances, but but you know, there's it wasn't like Saturday where you look back and think crumbs. If they, there was three or four clear cut chances on on Saturday, wasn't there? But it just wasn't like that on Wednesday.
1: I'm uh, sorry, uh, last night, and that was a frustrating frustrating thing. With the goal itself, I mean, obviously it's a great strike. Watson gets pretty unlucky, I thought, but it does hit Arter on the hand. In the Premier League, I guess that that wouldn't have stood. Do you, what's your take on VAR, and would you prefer to see it in the Championship?
2: Oh, I mean that's a, a massive question, isn't it? Because we've seen since the restart with the Premier League uh, the fact that it, it's it's not invincible, is it? I mean, I I, the, I can't get my head. You know, one minute I think VAR is great, the next minute I'm, I'm I'm not a big fan of VAR. I, I, you know, I think. I, I, I can see why it's there, and I can see why it's a benefit. So yeah, I, I basically think that the VAR used in the right way is a is a is a plus for whatever league it's in. You know that you know you remember like when technology was brought into cricket and tennis, and it takes a while to to bed in and to get it right. Um, but yeah, VAR probably would have ruled it out uh, the goal. Um, but but yeah, I mean you know it, it, the goal line technology saw that Derby's goal was across the line on on saturday would that have happened i mean on first look on saturday i, I you know i didn't think it was in um mm. but then obviously when the technology shows it in it's it's a fair goal so so vir has got its critics but you'd like to think that more times than not it can get the decision right
1: uh dan's listening in and viewers will never have seen dan but um <laughs> If he can come in, because he's a Villa fan, as you'll tell by his accent in a sec. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, what's your take on VAR, Dan, as someone who's seen it in the Premier League and the impact it can have on their team? Mostly negative in Villa's case. <laughs>
0: How do you view VAR? Uh, it's annoying, isn't it? It's one of those things that, in theory, you think, yes, this is a, a good kind of progression for, for, for football, that if technology helps these silly decisions go away, then that's great. But some of the things that you see when it's kind of this massive scrutiny and analysis over someone's boot, this kind of tiny fractions mm. being over lines and drawings coming up and it taking kind of several minutes to decide whether someone is slightly offside or not. Implementation of it for a, a couple of seasons and kind of everyone being on the same page with, with what the rules are, I think it will it will work. I just think right now there's too many kind of grey areas for what the what the kind of the, the laws of the game are. I think that's probably the problem in some cases that what is a handball you know, is it, where, where does it stop? I think there's some confusion about, about things like that. Rather than technology being yes or no, I think it's that the way it's used it needs a, a little bit of work.
1: Mm. Well, it's an interesting, but hopefully it's one that applies yeah. more to Forest next season. But it certainly caught from yesterday. Thanks, Dan. Is, is that You're... right for my
0: cameo? Can I go back now? You can head back. You can disappear
1: okay. back Bye. into the ether. Bye. What about the second half thing, Chris? You kind of it, it hinted at it there. Forest never kicked on. And, um, Lamucci made a lot of subs in a quick space of time that didn't really come off. As they they had, they, they made a positive impact at Derby, you didn't really work last night, did it? No,
2: no one made an impact. And and you know, listening on on the radio, I think Colin Frey pointed out that that they they. you know, they changed half their outfield players, hadn't they? They, They'd changed five of the 10, which is, which is, you know, something that we've got to get used to happening potentially in games. But by that stage, changing five of 10 players, was that too many? I mean, you know, yes, the players were jaded and it may be a bit leggy. They've, it's the same with every team, but you know, that was another thing. I just felt in the second half, they looked leggy. They looked out of ideas. They looked like they hadn't got much left in them. But by the time you you changed five of your 10 players, it, it was a totally different look to the, to the starting to the starting lineup and maybe that was an issue. Uh, I, you know, as I say, I, I, I said at half time, I said, I still think they can get back in. I said to a colleague, I still think they can get back into this. You because know, they, they normally get that, that one clear cut chance a game or, or two. The way they play isn't conducive to to lots of chances, as we all know by it now they let teams come up that come at them um and and, and you know If that had been a home game that we normally know a home game, would things have been different? With a with a big crowd, you know, maybe maybe things might have been different. Maybe you know, with it with it with it, you know, it's been fascinating to see. And I know the stats at the very start in the championship there was more away wins than home wins. I'm not sure whether that's still the case because I've not seen the stats for the for the past you know week or so of games. Um, But but no, the second half was was probably one of the more. It was certainly the most disappointing. Half since, since restart. And, and, and thinking back to that, I mean, well, they lost 3 0, didn't they, in the, in the game before, before the, uh, before the, the, the lockdown. So, but the second half, as I said, you know, a couple of times, it was just the fact that they, you just felt they, they didn't look like they were going to score a goal.
1: You obviously, they did make those five changes and not amongst them was Carvalho, the man that's talked about more than anyone, but, you know, so many people said it was. It looked like on paper the kind of game that cried out for Carvalho. Is that true, do you think? Did you make a bit of a mistake there? Um, and obviously, there's the, the longer term question of Carvalho's future.
2: I, I'm not sure about that, you know. I mean, I, I, Carvalho hasn't made the impact this season that he made last season. And, and some might argue that... He's not been given that chance. He's not been given the extended run in the team. But even I've just felt, and you know, look, by every, by all means, I've not seen every game live by a long shot, but I've, you know, I have followed a, a lot of possible and seen quite a lot this season. Um, but you, you just feel that when Carvalho has, has come on, he's not really made an impact. I mean, maybe at QPR, four net away, he scored mm. and I think and maybe set another one up. Um, so I'm a little bit torn with the Carvalho debate. I understand fans wanting him on, but I think they're they're, they're remembering the Carvalho that, that kind of started last season really well. Um, and there's, there's, there's gotta be reasons now why managers aren't, aren't picking him regularly. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting situation, is it? Cause it was Martin O'Neill who started to, to first leave him out. Wasn't it last mm. season? Uh, and Martin O'Neill took a bit of stick from the fans then, uh, and, and Lamucci for, for whatever reason ha- has not liked him. So I understand fans saying it was crying out for Carvalho, but there's, there's been games where Carvalho has been put on in a similar situation and has not had the impact. Now he might argue, you give me 15 minutes, 20 minutes here. Uh, yeah you know, what do you want me to do but you know the manager might say well I want you to come on and change the game and he and he hasn't done that in the past so it's an interesting debate but they are going to have to do something I think with with Carvalho because you know he's an asset and I guess his stock is dwindling i mean he's probably not worth 11 million now certainly not in in the market probably now with the the time that we're in um, so they're going to have to probably make a decision about Carvalho because he's going to be a very expensive player to have around sitting around if he's not going to make an impact and he's not, you know, he's getting on the bench, but he, he's not starting and he's not, he's, you know, if he does come on, it's for small cameos and, and we're not seeing enough of him really, but it's, it's a very interesting question. And I think it's one that Lamucci will have to answer, you know, by the end of the season.
1: Do you think he can fit into a Lamucci team in some role because he doesn't play that ten role at Silver the way Silver plays it? Brennan Johnson was ahead of him in the pecking order. He's not a left winger like Amiobi who gets up and down the line. If Lamucci signed a two-year contract now, so Lamucci's here next year. Do you think Carvalho can be here as it's with the current setup?
2: I think you make a very good point, and we—that's we, what I was touching on earlier. I He clearly does not fit into Lamucci's plans and other players have gone ahead of him and have done well when they've come in. You know, you can't criticize some of the players that have come in ahead of him. So I think you're right. Lamucci doesn't see the way that Forrest played to, to suit the style. Um, Clearly, Carvalho has fared better in the past for Forrest, uh, but it's not something that's happening now. And that's why, you know, maybe Forrest should cash, cash in on the asset. I really don't think they'll get 11 million for him, especially, you know, under the current climate. You know, what's the transfer market going to look like? But if they could get, I don't know, seven, eight million for him, mm. uh, that could be used to fund something next season so it's it's a really interesting question um but as we say you know under Lamucci when he's had his chances I, I really don't think he's he's made an impact it'll be interesting to see actually how many minutes he's had I mean it doesn't feel like he's started a game for an age well that I mean we've had a long lockdown haven't we as well um but I think you make a good point Matt in that the way Lamucci plays it you know he just doesn't feel that he fits into it and he is he do feel like he's a spare part for Forrest now
1: what do you think about wider squad depth? Because obviously at Derby, players came on and changed the game, but we've seen when the Mucci's had to make changes or feels he has to make changes in his starting lineup, like the Charlton game, it hasn't worked. Last night, it didn't really work. have played, Forest obviously got a very strong 11, 12, 13, 14. Have they got a big enough squad now with teams now to make five subs a game? Have they got enough strength in depth to go up ultimately or not? I think you've you hit the nail on the head. And again, I was talking about this with a
2: colleague, and I think you've you've hit the right phrase. They've got about thirteen, fourteen, fifteen players that I think fit into his system, uh, and obviously that the changes he made for Derby. Um, work, didn't they? And they, and, and it was a slightly more, well, I was going to say it was a slightly more defensive looking side at the time. Well, let's be honest though, they created a a lot of chances for whatever reason. And well, I mean, they notified Rooney for 96 minutes, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Um, but, but you're right in saying that they've, they've kind of got 13, 14, 15 players now who I think who can rotate but after that the players they've got aren't making that impact and you know the players that came off the bench last night made very little impact at all they they didn't get into the game um whereas you know on on saturday the substitutions worked but that's because the players that came on initially were in those 13 14 players i mean dacosta costa's been uh added Mm. to that now and you probably felt before lockdown you know he wasn't but he's now showing that he's one of those players I think that fits into this team at the moment but beyond Mm. that 15 that's a really good point you've you feel as though you've got fringe players um who perhaps can't make an impact I mean there's a few that because they're defensive players Michael Dawson could slot into central defense without a problem but you know defense isn't really the issue Mm -hmm. apart from the lapses in concentration they're having it's getting that creativity up front uh, and that is a concern squad depth uh, especially if they go up uh, and for next season I mean if they go up of course it's going to have to look a bit different but if they don't go up and they want to challenge to be a top two side rather than a playoff side which is ultimately their aim you know they're going to have to add a bit more quality so that the subs can make an impact because, you know, it just feels now that he's relying. And those core players are very, very good. But you need more than
1: that if you want to be successful. At the core of the core, I suppose, if you will, is Sam Bessau, who's just completely integral to the way they play. He was good in the first half. Then he either had, well, they felt, perhaps felt he had to come off at half-time because of injury. If we assume Forrest aren't going to get automatic promotion, which I think is fair, and they probably are going to get in the playoffs... Do you consider, if you're Lomucci now, do you consider wrapping, souring, kid love and just focusing on the playoffs? Because Forrest, are such a, they're almost a totally different team with him in the side. That's a really, that's a really good
2: and tough question, isn't it? Um, I mean, they're not in the playoffs yet. I mean, I suppose no. if, you know, if Derby start to drop some points that will help them immensely uh and games of course are running out that's why it's so frustrating because they are beaten fulham last night well Mm -hmm. and beaten derby as they should have done um they'd be there almost anyway i mean you know i think everyone knows that they're almost there it's going to take a massive turnaround because you can't see them losing lots of games between now and you know between now and the end of the season they are going to pick up points but that's a great question about him um I mean, I think you're going to have to play him somewhere down the line. I don't think they can not play him. Um, yeah. But, but you know, Ryan Yates comes in and does a job. I mean, I think it frustrates me about some sections of the Forest fan base is, is you know, Ryan Yates has become one of those players that, for whatever reason, gets targeted. Ben Osborne was one. You know, you go back to, I wasn't around. I was a, a little kid in John McGovern's days, but John McGovern's days. But, you know, my dad and, and mom and, and and friends tell me about how people criticise John McGovern because he wasn't a flair player. Uh, and for whatever reason, you know, we all see social media and, and someone like Ryan Yates gets into the lineup. and it's like, oh, Yates again. But he's, you know, to me, when I see him play, he, he doesn't put many feet wrong. Uh, and, and let's not forget, you know, he's played recently in a defensive position. He can play a bit further forward. And I think he's key to Forrest. Um, so, you know, we'll probably see more of Yates if, if Sam Bessau is, is, is not going to play. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that uh, around that midfield, he can move his players around and some of them can adapt to those positions, which I think is important. And they have shown in, you know, let's put Tuesday aside. They've, they've shown in recent games they can be flexible. Um, but a player like Sam Becerra, you're right, is going to be crucial if and when Forrest get in the playoffs. Um, but as I say, just just keeping him healthy is, is the biggest concern. And you wonder what, you know, long-term for him. You know, he's had all this time off in, in lockdown, but he's still not fully fit. So you wonder, you know, with his career, you know, is it something he's stuck with? I mean, he did say the other day he thinks he's over the worst of it now. And let's cross fingers because, as you say, uh, Matt, he's integral to what Forrest do, and and when he's on form and, and and in the side and 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 doing what he does best, Forrest look a totally different prospect.
1: Yeah, I guess if Sumido or something like that was playing better, then you would it would be less of a concern. But it comes back to that depth question, doesn't it? I thought Sumido was someone that really good at the start of the season, then an injury affected him, and now so's struggling, as you say. It all comes back to that that depth question looking ahead to Preston, which is another big game on Saturday. It's pretty relentless now, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah, they they, they just come one after the other. I mean, I suppose on one bonus you've not got you know too much time to be to be downhearted, uh, you know. But on the other side, you know, you look at Saturday, and some people are saying, was was the late goal? Still in their minds. I mean, you know, was it um, a hangover kind of on Tuesday? Were they still kind of a bit hung up about it? You'd like not to think they were. Uh, I mean, Lamucci came out on Monday, didn't they, and gave some stirring words, which were which were fantastic, and got a great response from the from the Forest fans. Um, but no, I, you know, th- this squad doesn't tend to play. Two bad games in a row, does it? And and although Saturday felt like a, a bad result, it was a fantastic, You know, I, I thought Saturday was one of the best performances I'd seen all season. You know, they clearly did what Lamucci told them to do, and they were brilliant for ninety five minutes. If they could if one of those goals goes in, um, you know, it, it, I mean, Grabben put one over the bar, didn't he? It was Silver who hit the post. Um, they they. They, they win that game. Um, so, yes, they were not great on on, Wednesday, on Tuesday night, but you see normally a bad performance like that is quite quickly put away. And we can't disguise Saturday as a bad performance. That was just a bad result uh, and one that, that stung for a long time. Um, but I fancy them to go to Preston uh, and I fancy them to get a result, grab them, you know, might go two or three games without a goal, but then he'll be back amongst them. Uh, we've seen a pattern this season. Um, so, yeah, but it's huge. I mean, you know, they get a win. Again, even if the teams in the chasing pack win, it's another game that's ticked off and, and they're closer there. Um, but they're better for whatever reason away from home than they are at home. So
1: they should be confident going into the weekend. When we look at the league table, Forrester fifth, Preston are one of those teams like that clutch. I think they're down in twelve now, about five points off the playoffs. Are we at the stage now where... Forest win this game, it knocks Preston out and then you're looking at Millwall, Blackburn Swansea, Derby, Cardiff is that chasing pack? I, th- I think so, I-, I think you're right
2: um, I mean Derby are the worry aren't they? Uh, and it'll be yeah. very interesting to see, you know, their result against West Brom. Um, you know, West Brom uh, obviously for for the reasons of automatic that they'll, they'll be desperate to to get some light again between them and the chasing pack. But you know, it's interesting because we we went into the game against Derby and then everyone and they won five straight, hadn't they? And everyone said Derby are, are fantastic, and, and I've no doubt they are. It's just Forest played so well on Saturday and made them look very ordinary. But you know, I think they'll be that team maybe. That, you know, that everyone said, you know, people always say there's one team that comes from a long way down and gets into the playoffs. Well, let's hope for Forrest's sake that it's at the expense of, let's say, Cardiff. So I think Derby are, are still a, a threat. Swansea, but but looking below that, have the others got much in them? You know, I mean, Blackburn got a great result, didn't they, um, against Cardiff? I mean, Bristol City are done, aren't they? They're they're on the decline. Yeah. I mean, mathematically, they'll still feel that they're in it, but you know, they're they're too far behind now and and, and struggling. It, it, it's yeah. I, I mean, I I personally think Derby and and Swansea are the ones who might have a chance. I know the table mathematically said otherwise, but I think Derby and and, and Swansea okay. will, will will be the ones. Preston will say otherwise if they can beat Forrest on on Saturday, but realistically. You know, it, I think maybe Forrest and Cardiff need to look over their shoulders at perhaps Derby and Swansea.
1: Is there a team in the playoff pack that worries you? I mean, if I look at it, I would pick out Cardiff if they get there. I know Forrest won there, but Cardiff have got a really good record against Forrest and Fulham. Forrest went there and won, but that's the best I've seen them play all season. I thought Fulham. Had that kind of competitive physical nature that I think Forest do struggle against a bit. I wouldn't worry about playing a Brentford or a Swansea or a Derby so much. Is there a team that troubles you more at that pack? That's in interesting. You say
2: Brentford because you know they're they're on fine form, aren't they? Um, although you're right, maybe playing Brentford would be more suited to suited to Forest, perhaps. Um, yeah, I mean, looking from last night, Fulham, you know, they're, mm. they're, they've still got experienced Premier League players in that. In that lineup, haven't they? Let's not forget they're playing a side, you know, that have been in the Premier League so recently.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and that's Mitchell Kearney as well.
2: Exactly. And I remember thinking when both of those were out, I said, well, this is a great chance for Forrest. But it, it's, it's that experience. It's that experience to see games out. And again, you know, you you didn't feel like Fulham were going to, you know, the way the game went, just like Forrest against Derby, you didn't feel like Forrest were going to concede, but they did. You know with Forrest that they've got that one lapse in them, which is such a frustrating trait that they've now managed to have for four games remarkable, the four games in injury time and two since, since lockdown, since, since the, the, the season restarted. But I think you're right. Fulham would worry me the most. Derby. I mean, I mean from from you know from what we've seen against Derby, I mean, they're two very different Derbies. Derby when Forest played them at home were in a bit more of a mess, I think, than the Derby that we saw on the road. But they matched up well against Derby and they have done for the last couple of years. Um but but I think Fulham, uh, to me would be one to not one to face Brentford on you know, the way they're playing, you think, well, you wouldn't want to face them. But as you say, Forrest have played well against Brentford. Um but it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, you've got to kind of you know who would they face? I mean, you feel Forest are more likely to finish fourth or fifth now than third. Um, mm. They could still finish sixth. Uh, there was a couple of games ago, third looked a possibility, didn't it? So, you know, and and then you've got that you know two legs is you know, two legs is interesting because you how will that play out tactically? And then in a, in a one off final. Um, yeah, would I want to face the would I want to face the sort of experience of Fulham in a one-off final? Probably not. Would I fancy our chances maybe against Brentford? Yeah, I think I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derby, that would be a nightmare, wouldn't it for anyone? I mean, geez, uh, I mean, which way that's going to go? But it, but it's fascinating. But but yeah, they, they, they you know they've just got to get the three points on Saturday to make the nerves a little bit a little bit less.
1: Looking at the run in as it stands, then Swansea to come, another team up there, Barnsley and Stoke. Is that a good run in for five to get overline with hopefully some points on the board? I think so.
2: I mean, you, you would expect them, you'd expect them to get six points out of Barnsley and Stoke. But if the pressure's on, I mean, that, that's the thing, you know, how will this team play under real pressure? And we've not, you know, they've not had, must win pressure a lot this season, have they really? Um, I mean, obviously they've had massive games, and it depends how you kind of, you know, define what I'm saying with must win. I mean, their record against teams in the in the top six is pretty decent until this defeat by Swansea or teams, you know, a defeat by Fulham, should I say? Their record against teams around them and above them in the table has been really good. Um, but but yeah, I mean, the next two uh, are interesting. Um, you know, how how will Swansea be at home? That's not going to be an easy one. Um, mm-hmm. But if they can pick up, you know, even if they can pick up four points out of their next two games or, or you know, either way, a draw and a win or a, a win and a draw, um, you know, Barnsley away. They, they, I mean, if they can't win Barnsley away when they need to, they they don't deserve to get in the playoffs, do they? So, you know, and then Stoke at home. You know that that running is is not hard. compared. I mean, Derby. I, I read it got a lot of teams above them and, and and around them, so that'll be tough for them. But but to me, that running, there's, there's enough. That Forest should get the points they need to get in the playoffs there uh, by by comfortable distance. But let's see how how real pressure in those get. I guess I mean, if they win Saturday, the pressure starts to come off. And If they lose mm. Saturday, and others around them win. Then the pressure's on. So it'll be interesting to see see how they play then.
1: And in just terms of specifically Saturday, would do you make a lot of changes at Preston, or do you? Because seems he's stuck with this core group that we have referred to a few times. Does he have to just keep going with that group now? I mean, is there a is there a, a place for,
2: for someone like Dawson? You know, does he mm. rest one of his defenders? Uh, if one of them's a bit leggy maybe but as we keep going back to it's it's not the defense that's worrying him at the moment in you know apart from that lapse in concentration uh but but you know he the games are coming thick and fast and even though that back five are solid you know you do feel that that one of them might you know need a break uh, does Jenkinson maybe get into the side somehow
0: um,
2: yeah. you know well, and with all these hobbling around at the moment well about, that was yeah, yeah. that was yeah that's a good point lolly lolly's not hundred percent fit um you know does he does he go with a i mean the, the the lineup that played at derby in the first for the first however many minutes until he made his subs worked and then the subs came on and made an impact mm. um so I wonder whether he goes back to that slightly more defensive looking lineup uh in terms of the type of player that he played. Um, so I saw a lot of players saying, you know, Forrester come for a point here. Uh, sorry, a lot of fans saying Forrester come for a point here, you know, but they forget that, like, the, the players that, that can create are some of the best creative players in the league. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. I mean, Sal has now started the last two, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and come off in them both. So you wonder whether he perhaps won't. Yeah. I mean, maybe he won't start. Yates will maybe get a start. Um, you know, can he do something to shake it around? You know, he's, he's not going to drop Graben, is he? And I don't think Graben looks as though he's carrying an injury or anything. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they need Graben because, you know, he will just get a goal out of nothing. Um, so it's an interesting selection conundrum. I just wonder whether he might make a change in defence just because of the the run of games. And I think that back five is his chosen back five, and he'll want that back five going into the playoffs. So there might be the, the odd change there. But then again, you know, why... You know, why upset something that's worked so well? Um, but th- there's bound to be a couple of changes. It'll be interesting to see where they are.
1: As is tradition in a show that's 17 episodes old, um, give us your prediction for the the Fulham game, Steve, you're right. Fulham? Yeah, Preston. Preston? Yeah, you're Fulham. The... I, think,
2: I think Fulham are going to win 1 0.
1: <laughs> that's why you're the professional broadcaster and I'm the amateur. Well, I'm not it. sure
2: about that. <laughs> 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 You've seen all my bloopers.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh... Crumbs. Okay. I, I hate being put on the spot. Uh, okay. Well, Forrest don't concede many. Uh, I'm going to go for 1-0
1: Forest. I'll go for 1-0 Forest as well, actually. I can see yeah. Forest in the game. Preston are a good side. They're not in good form, so it's probably a good no, time to no. play. No. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Lewis grab them. 1-0 Forest. Lewis grab them. Yeah. Last nail in Preston's coffin. Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining us, Chris. Thank you. It's I, been like, fun. Good. Yeah, like I said, I'm a total amateur, and you're a total pro. So, (laughs) (laughs) good. Good. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate your debut, and hope you'll come. Yeah, yeah. Any time. Uh, if people enjoyed do subscribe on youtube and apple podcasts spotify acast there's a million different providers and there's a million different podcasts especially for forest so we do appreciate anyone who's listening into this and join us again next week when we'll be back looking back on preston and looking forward to swansea thanks very much everyone cheers thank you for listening to garibaldi red a nottingham forest podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please let us know we love hearing your feedback We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.